welcome to First, inspiring open-minded and open-hearted people looking to fully realize their true potential. Want to learn more about our podcast, view show notes or see what we offer? Then visit burst.fm. And while you're there, hit the button to subscribe to the show so you'll never miss out. And to keep up with all things Burst, be sure to join our Facebook group. Now, without further ado, let's jump right in. So excited to be here with our friend Judy in Croatia. So really interested to chat with Judy about morning rituals really and how to set up a beautiful day for personal development and just to have a joyful, happy, healthy day. Hi. Hi. I'm happy to be talking with you both here in Pula, Croatia. And I'm at the tail end of a big uh, month-long growth sort of retreat. And this has been such a big year of growth and many years and so on. And um, one of the most powerful things I've picked up is uh, how important it is to have a really solid, consistent morning practice to really uh, accomplish and um, set the tone for the day and um, all the things that you want to create, you can set them in motion by starting your day right. Yeah, I think that's so important because even when you have got up and there's no real routine, you might stub your toe or do something silly like that and then it it's not good for the rest of the day. It puts you in a grumpy mood. So please share your tips. We're really excited to hear what you do to set your day up. You know, and I'm still working on it. it it's a work in progress and I have to discipline myself. Um, you know, I've... I know certain teachers that say the biggest downfall is touching your phone within the first hour of the morning yeah. and it happens and oh my gosh before I know it I'm going down the Facebook rabbit hole or <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at emails which has been defined as uh, agendas other people have for our lives so we're not really taking control um, but I'm doing better at disciplining myself to have time I don't get up super early a lot of people have the 5 a.m. club and for me it's just been hard to do that so I'm doing it more at 6 a.m. and I do a number of practices and I I got a great tip by somebody recently they said look if you do like a little bit of this a little bit of that and and in your perfect world you spend a good long time with each thing and then there's some morning when you're in a hurry, instead of chopping things out of the routine, make each thing just a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. So good, for yeah. instance, um, instead of a 30 minute meditation, maybe it's a 10 or 15 minute meditation. If you wanna bring in um, some deep breathing, yeah, it's great to be able to do, you know, 15, 20 breaths. Um, breathing in to the count of five, holding to the count of five, out to the count of five, and stay out to the count of five. But even if I do five, it's, it's better than not doing it at all. It's very centering. And then another thing I like to do is um, have a dream journal, which I try to get to pretty quickly before I forget the dream, and write a few things down. 
and then also um, just journaling in general um, my thoughts for the day questions I might have for myself and I answer them and so on and I'm telling you the day goes so much better when you do that and you know you, you could actually implement all those things that you want to implement into your life if you get the morning right yeah and as we've said in your introduction your amazing um, health and well, I did that in because I need to know your titles properly. So basically, I just wanted to know, is there a, a drink that you would first recommend in the morning? Because some say water, some say hot water and lemon, some say... Um, Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a naturopathic doctor, um, I think it's important to do things for your body first thing of the day, too. Our bodies are 80% of water and we really want to hydrate. We lose a lot of hydration during the night, believe it or not. And really um, drinking quite a bit, like two full glasses of water first thing in the morning. Warm water really is great for the digestive system if you want to do warm water and lemon. You know, they did a study with people who did warm water uh, with a half of a lemon squeezed each morning for six months and they had a control group and the people in the lemon water group actually lost a couple pounds only doing that. That was their only thing. Wow. That's, that's and there's, there's a Japanese practice. I looked it up and I read a little bit about it and I can't, it's got a name to it, but basically they claim if you really do these two very large glasses of water every morning, it can change so many health conditions. And I think that there's something to that. Wow. Is yeah. that something you follow then with, with your personal routine? I do, and it's interesting. You know, initially you might feel like, well, I'm not that thirsty. But once you get into the practice, your natural thirst returns to you. Mm. And then, like, you almost can't start your morning without water. It just feels wrong. And you really crave it. And, and you don't feel cleansed and good and energetic without that water. So, yes, I do do that. And then I wait about a half hour and, you know, I go through different phases of what I'm into. These days, I've returned to green drinks that I wasn't doing for a while, but I really enjoy that. And another thing I used to do years ago is I really went overboard on the fruit. Mm -hmm. So it's fruit with some spinach in it. And I don't do that now. I, I tend to do something like water cucumber, avocado, celery, all different types of greens, and lemon, and fresh ginger, yep. and just um, blend it up, pulverize it till it's just very smooth, and it's so refreshing. Sometimes I might add mint to that, mm -hmm. sometimes cilantro, different things like that, but all those greens really, you know, wake up the body, wake up the brain, you're ready to start your day, so it's a great way to start the day. Fantastic. And as you because you're obviously a very busy woman not lady and do you feel like your energy dips for most people normally they have energy dips um, but if you live in more of a more conscious lifestyle and you're getting them and you're doing the practices does that still happen for you and if so what would you recommend listener so here's my thing by the way I'm in my late 50s 
and usually people guess that I'm at least a decade younger. Um, Absolutely. It's well, I'm, just. So that I mean, I'm just trying to give you a context, and I think a lot of us can be very vital, but it really makes a difference. Yeah, I think energy dips are very, very common, especially when you're not eating um, a healthy diet. Yeah. And um, you're not getting all the nutrients that you need to get. I recently gave up caffeine, which I thought I'd never do, even though many years ago I didn't do it. But um, yeah, like it took a while to get my natural energy back after I was done with the caffeine. But now that I'm not having it, I notice more and more of my, my good energy coming back and my clarity. But I have to be real responsible about my sleep. You know, I think I thought I was getting away with stuff. It's like, oh, I can go to bed 1 a.m. and I'll just have several cups of coffee in the morning and that'll get me through my day. And you do that long enough, it's really hard on the body. Mm -hmm. You can't even realize it. When I gave up the caffeine, it's interesting. I wear a special ring called an aura ring and it records my sleep patterns. And I've been doing that for almost a year. And deep sleep is incredibly restorative. It's really important. And I was getting the worst deep sleep. And seriously, I mean, I was, for the most part, only having one cup of coffee during the day. That's it. I don't have soda. I don't have nicotine. I don't have other stimulants. Yet, my deep sleep was only, I mean, sometimes 15 minutes a night. I'd be like so lucky if it was an hour and 20 minutes. That was amazing. Once I was off the caffeine, it took a couple days only. It's turned into two, two and a half hours, three hours. I mean, it's amazing. So being well rested, my energy is better during the day. And not having sugar and caffeine, I'm not going up and down, up and down. I'm having high quality proteins, lots of vegetables, fruits here and there nuts and seeds, and um, working in exercise. And so I have much better energy throughout the day. I'm not having big dips. Fantastic. And obviously everything is a balance, isn't it? So for health and well-being, it's about eating the correct foods, drinking the correct, correct amounts of water, juices, greens. It's also environment it's um sleep it's it's and happiness and joy all those things yes and it's funny you you say it's all about balance well some people use that same argument like oh it's all about balance everything in moderation go ahead you can have burger fries and a coke you don't have it that often listen i don't want everything in moderation because i don't want moderate health I want fantastic health. So no, I don't need that. Plus, I believe those kind of foods lower your vibration and that's not what I'm about. Is it, I mean, so what, there's a number of reasons again why dis-ease comes into the body, but what would you say, I mean, there's some quite controversial, um, what do you call it, controversial, just controversies about controversies about I mean I listened to one guy and I can't quite remember his name but he said is is 
vibrating quite high and no matter what food he eats just because his mindset tells him that that food is absolutely amazing no matter what it is he says he never gets ill never gets dis do you i think that i i do think that's possible but a lot of us are not there yeah and i think it's far more practical for us to evolve with body mind and spirit moving ahead at the same pace yes and if anything's lagging behind it threatens to pull us behind whether that's bad habits physically whether that's not dealing with emotions yes that it's like bungee cords from the past pulling you jerking you front and, and you want to move forward but it keeps on snapping you back yeah and we have to move forward body mind spirit all at one um, and what first put you on the journey of um health and naturopathy and helping others because you've got such an amazing name for yourselves and you've got so many clients and an amazing business but what I'm interested in is what how did you where did that come from initially well the funny thing is I got into it super early Um, when I was nine my grandmother had a book called fruit and vegetable juices by Dr. Walker. And um, it was a 1946 copy, it was all tattered. And at nine, I'm reading books on juicing. And it was funny, because I was like, this guy thinks carrot juice can cure anything. So I was poking fun at it, but it definitely caught my interest. And um, the next year, my dad was getting more and more into vitamins and such, so I read You Are What You Eat, and then I started studying vitamins and different things. Um, and then a few years after that, I started picking up books in the library about yoga and meditation. And, um, and at the same time, I was influenced also by my mother whose viewpoint of medicine is the doctors have all the answers and I would complain about the smallest little sore throat or sniffle and off we went to the doctors to get antibiotics. So I'm getting antibiotics after antibiotics, lots and lots. She smoked in the house. I always had bronchitis. I was getting more antibiotics. Um, Misdiagnosed at 14, I really had mono, which is Epstein-Barr virus. It's not a bacteria. They thought it was strep. So for six weeks, they kept on trying different antibiotics and kind of destroyed my health. So by the time I was 18, I had arthritis in one of my hips. I had reactive airway disease. If I was around any cigarette smoke, my lungs would seize up. I would just be like, and I couldn't breathe. Um, I had problems with acne and had been on antibiotics for acne. Um, I was putting on weight when I used to be so naturally skinny. Um, I had severe headaches. I mean, it just goes on and on. And what changed it is I had a boyfriend at the time that his mother was considered a health nut. And she started sharing some books with me about health and nutrition. And then... um, I met a girl in my high school and her mother was like an alternative medicine doctor and this was like so rare back then and I made an appointment myself. I decided to pay for it myself and um, I started changing my diet bit by bit and I just started making more and more and more changes and um, 
So by the time I was like 21, I was super healthy and doing really, really well. Uh, and it's funny because I was in college when I was 19. My, I started college at 18, so my birthday's in February. So my 18, 19th year, I was still having the health problems then. It was before I made a lot of changes and, and I was eating all these dairy products. Actually, I was reading this one nutritionist, Adele Davis, who was very popular at the time. And although I was taking B-complex vitamins and I was taking the sugar out, she was like, oh, dairy products are the best. Drink lots of milk, eat lots of cheese. So I was following that. And I, respiratory-wise, I was just getting sicker and sicker. And the bronchitis and the asthma were getting worse and worse. And then I started working for um, a vegetarian restaurant that was on campus called Love and Serve, and it was devotees of Sri Chinmoy, an Indian master. And I started working there, and the, the guys that were working there, like, they're hearing how I'm hacking away, and they're like, do you drink milk and eat cheese and have dairy? I'm like, yeah, it's really good for you. <laughs> and they said, oh my gosh, get off of it immediately. I'm like, really? So I went off it and within a week, I was completely better. So then I called my mom up because I was in New York. She was in Connecticut. I'm like, mom, you're never going to believe this. I gave up dairy and all my respiratory symptoms went away. And she goes, oh, well, you were allergic to dairy as a baby and we had to change your formula. Oh, like, oh my God, I'm 18. I'm you couldn't have told me. You couldn't have told me sooner than this. I, I really could have used that news. But anyway, so little by little, I made all these changes and um, I just got healthier and healthier. And then I just was super drawn um, to this. I had heard about naturopathic medicine uh, the summer before um, college. I went to a three-day seminar and they were teaching um, naturopathic methods and I thought, oh, I want to go to naturopathic school. And I knew I had to go to four years of college first, um, but I was super excited about that. And then that summer, I took the book Back to Eden by Jethro Cloth. Let's try that again. Jethro Cloth was his name, that's right. so uh, it's a completely herbal book, um, and it names all the herbs and the properties and the Latin names. And I committed my to memory all the proper names, the common names, and um, you know the Latin names and their properties and what they do. So my 18th summer, that's what I was doing. Everybody's going to parties. I'm studying herbs. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I was meant to do this, yeah, and, and I do feel very passionate because, you know, going through bad health, mm-hmm. I know what it feels like when everybody's doing fun stuff and you're the sick one all the time, and there's liberation for that. Yeah. And so um, I like to ignite that in people that they have an opportunity to turn the health around. Yeah. I mean, I think it's quite hard it's not quite hard it's very hard these days because there's always some new fad diet coming out i mean it's important that we understand where science has maybe moved on or alternative health has moved on obviously it's important but how what advice would you give the listener that is ill where what's their first steps to recovery would you say in your 
You know, I think there's so much self-help you can start just by working with cleaning up the diet. You know, they say if you're in a grocery store and you have your shopping cart, I think you guys call shopping trolley. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you were shopping with your great, 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 great grandmother. Yes. Um, would she recognize what's in that cart? No. Or would she say, no. what the heck is this? Yeah. Now, if you have celery and cucumbers in there, she's going to know what that is. Yeah. She, she might know what rice is. Yes. She's not going to know what packaged things are and so on. So that's, that's a clue. Um, and someone that is a mentor to all of us here, um, Eric Edmeads, mm -hmm. um, he's the founder of WildFit. He has a really awesome point that I think is so interesting. He said that years and years ago um, in zoos, uh, they would have elephants and elephants to buy them from Africa, it's a huge ex expense and it's a big investment. And they would think if they could keep that elephant alive for eight to 10 years, they would make their money back at the zoo. So they fed them whatever they were going to feed them, and then they would get sick and they would die. And then they found out how long elephants live in the wild, and it's more like 80 years. Yeah. And why? Because they are eating the elephant diet, things that are natural. There's an elephant diet. There's also an actual diet for lions and tigers. There's even certain birds of prey that if you try to keep them in cap captivity that if they're not eating rotting flesh and getting a little bit of sinew and bones it, it, they're going to uh, die they're gonna die early and the whole point is there's also a human diet mm -hmm. you know our bodies were created so so long ago and evolution takes a very long time to change things mm -hmm. yeah so um, we are meant for foraging and eating berries in season when they're there. Yes. You eat them all because they're on the tree right now and you're not going to see them for many months. Yeah. Um, you're eating lots of greens. You're eating some animal flesh, um, not large amounts. You're not every single night having um, a big steak that takes up the whole plate. Yeah. with a little tiny, you know, vegetable on the side. No, you're eating lots of vegetables with just small pieces of, of meat. And then there were some days that the hunt wasn't successful. So those days you did without meat. Yeah. You know, if you emulate what the humans ate thousands of years ago, that's what our bodies were de designed for. So the closer you get to that, the better. Yeah. So, I mean, both me and Nicola was on the Wild Fit, so we're very familiar with that story about um, the elephants having their own diet. And, and the word diet in, in, in our day and age, you know, we associate it with just more like fads, whether it's the Atkins diet, paleo right. diet. You know, the actual true sense of diet is, is what we're actually meant to be eating and things. So we really loved Wild Fit. And in fact, for the listener, we'll put a link into Wild Fit um, into the show notes. Um, so we really love that. 
it's, it's still a minefield for, for people, though, isn't it, of, of, of what to be having and, and you know, there's, there's, there's people, you know, jumping one thing to another and, and I know you've touched on, on some of the, your advice there about having more vegetables and, and obviously water in your diet, um, but, you know, do you have any other advice or, or, or set it in the context of what you see with common ailments of what people can be cleaning up in the diets? You know, sometimes I think if we had a hybrid between a paleo diet mm-hmm. yeah. and a vegan diet, um, one author, um, Dr. Mark Hyman, was yes, joking. We know him, yes. Yeah, he he's a friend of several of ours, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and we have great respect for him. He was joking around, like, would would you call it um, pagan? Yeah, Or right, yeah. <laughs> or, or velio, What would you do? You yeah. know, but. Uh, the value of doing that paleo is like it's based on caveman diet and mm-hmm. what we were talking about but some people on the paleo diet it's a little too meat heavy yeah, yeah. whereas a vegan diet um, you're eating tons of veggies mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of grain here and there can be good for some people uh, but more things like brown rice quinoa uh, things that are not very processed but many many times gluten is an issue for a lot of people if you have digestive issues and you really want to see where to take it try going without gluten and dairy do it super strictly and do it for two weeks and you might find big changes in how your your gut feels so um, you have rashes you have headaches try taking those things out um, it, a lot of it is trial and error, but um, you know the the first step would be let's just get rid of a lot of the processed yes, crap and the yeah, sugar. Yeah, I mean you know we're all individuals, but and and, and there's no one sort of like remedy fits all. But right. those kinds of basic principles are, are certainly starting points out. They include things like sugar and whatever else. So so there is quite a few common things in there. So that's rewarding to hear for the listener. And I agree, you know, we are individuals, but the variability is, like, how much meat do you need versus how mm. much meat do I need? Yeah. How much um, seafood or can I do certain uh, vegetables? There are a subset of people that can't have what we call nightshade vegetables. Mm-hmm. Tomatoes, potatoes, eggplant, peppers. Those, for some people, call, cause a lot of different symptoms but the most common is arthritic um, issues but that's not everyone that's the kind of variability but we're still talking about the human diet yes it's not like oh what's best for you is pizza and um, ice cream diet no no the pizza and ice cream diet honest to god is not healthy for anyone really I don't want to be a party pooper but honestly that that really is the truth and if you're dealing with any health disease, health imbalance, if you're struggling with your health and you think you can get better without eating a healthy diet, good luck. It just Mm. doesn't happen. There are so many nutrients in especially vegetables, so many, and different colored fruits and so on that are healers and they're here to help us and we need those things to get well. And you've just inspired us to go back onto Wild Fits. <laughs> no, but Judy is really inspiring. She's super successful, runs an amazing practice um, all over the world. Can you just 
You take clients? I do have clients all over the world, but my emphasis is in my practice in Tucson, Arizona called Nature Medica. And um, we have a clinic with, there's four of us, four naturopathic physicians. And we're working with people from anything from, you know, migraines to different skin conditions to cancer to body pain. Uh, all sorts of autoimmune diseases and just so many different things. That's fabulous because what we'll do is we'll put all Dr. Judah's details at the yes. end of this podcast. Um, God, I've been loving talking to you today. Can I just have like one takeaway what you would like the listener to hear and one nighttime practice that you would like to share? I'd say the takeaway is if you want to have a good life you have to take the time out to care for your body mind and spirit and it takes time yes i've often told people if their health or their body or mind or even heart was a house plant their house plant would probably look all shriveled up and wasn't watered and days and it's sagging and it's like no you don't you you want to make it a priority yeah so I love that quote. That's yeah and as far as a nighttime routine I'm glad you did bring that up I think it's super important if you have sleep issues to not look at screens plus past 7 p.m. or someone just showed me how to put a screen on my yes. iPhone yes. with a, um, a shortcut it's so cool three clicks and my whole iPhone turns it's got a deep red screen and yeah it's hard to discipline I also have true dark glasses sometimes I use them sometimes I don't I'm guilty myself but that's really important and also gratitudes gratitudes at the end of the day you can write them in your journal again if you don't have a lot of time you write three gratitudes hey listen if you are struggling if you go through a day and you're starting to feel like I am in a bad place. I'm feeling really down. I'm feeling depressed. Just uh, really challenge yourself to do 50, maybe even 100 gratitudes. You can't believe how it turns things around. And you know, the first, the first 10, the first 20 are easy. I'm grateful for my mother, my father, my kids, you know. But as you start getting to number 49 or number 89, it's like, I'm grateful I have eyelids, you know, but there's a lot to be really grateful for. You know, I'm glad that no one is bombing my city. Um, I'm glad that anytime I want water, I can have it. I mean, there's a lot of things like that. So much to be grateful for. And, um, and gratitude is a very high vibration and it brings you up. And on that note, I want to say how grateful we are to be with you today and to have shared this podcast thank you thank you you've been listening to the best podcast to view show notes and other resources visit www.best.fm whilst there also hit the button to subscribe to the show so you'll never miss out there's also a link to join our facebook group for all the latest announcements. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.